guest on, on the phone, uh, Dr. Patel from Amita Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Patel. I, I, I've been trying to figure out all morning if we're related or not because <laughs> we have the same last name, but I know we're not probably. Oh, my gosh. No, it's a common name, and you know that. <laughs> yes, so, I know. I mean, it's probably like Smith. Life, I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, no. It's, you know what? Actually, to be honest, I think it's more common than even Smith because <laughs> when I went to U of I at Urbana Champagne for undergrad, there were more pages of Patel than Smith on the directory. Absolutely. If you open up the Chicago phone book, you'll see it's like four or five pages wow. of Patel's. Yeah. Right. Wow. It's ridiculous. And and everybody assumes that we all know each other and we're all related. <laughs> I mean, unless you know a million people, which I don't, um, I don't think that's really feasible. Well, Dr. Patel, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and your position at Amita Health. Yeah. So I'm an OB-GYN physician. I work full-time. So I deliver babies. I'm a robotic surgeon. Um, I see patients in the office. Um, so, I mean, I love what I do. I'm ob So anything related to women's health is what I deal with. And has there been a boom in babies, uh, you know, in this past year? Since, since everybody's since stuck at home, that. you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, that was an assumption, but actually a lot of the articles that are coming out have shown um, that it has not actually significantly gone up. Oh. I've noticed in my practice that it's been pretty much stable. Okay. Um, but then again, I've always been very, very busy, like just in general. So I just, I deliver a lot of babies. So I haven't noticed any difference. But the thing is that um, I think it's a little bit different with COVID than what we were seeing in the past. Like, for example, the big baby boom that happened um, after World War II, I think that was different. You know, the depression was gone. People, like, had time. You know, the soldiers came back home. So, I mean, that was like a true baby boom. Sure. I think with COVID, it's a little bit different because, you know, that, that big unknown. Yes. So people are scared. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pandemic. So I think that we're not really seeing that drastic rise. And if anything, some OB-GYNs are complaining that they're seeing a little bit of a decline. That so makes sense. So I think that with COVID, it's a little bit different. That makes sense. I can understand that there's this sort of underlying fear of having to go to the hospital um, when you're not sick and why, you know, bring life into the world yeah. when things are kind of crazy. Definitely. So that does make a lot right. of sense. And it's, right. And especially because the vaccine, I mean, there's no vaccine for newborns. So the thing is that I know that the vaccine for children will hopefully be coming out soon. Um, I know that they're doing studies right now. It's one third the dose of the adult uh, dosage for the vaccine. So um, that'll eventually be coming out, but there's nothing for a newborn. So, you know, the only thing we can do is moms that believe in vaccines to get vaccinated and when they get the vaccine then the antibodies will cross the placenta and protect the baby um, during the birth. Oh, makes sense. You know doctor what was funny about this is when the disease first came out they were saying wow little kids are immune to it and now all of a sudden little right. kids have to have all these shots it, and so right. I, I mean that was quite a um, you know one extreme to the other. And why is right? And I think that I think that the misinformation was uh -huh. because of the fact that um, you know children have a better like you know not always but most children have a better immune system at a younger age than later on in life. Our immune system does you know somewhat decline, right. um, and that makes 
sense logically because, you know, later on we'll have diabetes, hypertension, um, you know, connective tissue disorders, things like that. So the immune system does take a little bit of a hit with time. But I think that a lot of it was more, like you said, misinformation because the thing is that, you know, children are not immune to COVID. And not only that, but they've found that new inflammatory disease more common in children that they tend not to see in adults. So when adults have COVID and they tend to get sick, it tends to be more respiratory, pneumonia, things like that. In children, they found that was unique was that it was more affecting all their blood vessels in their body, more inflammatory changes. Uh And so they've had these really um, bizarre, um, you know, situations where children are actually really, really sick with like inflammatory um, inflammation of all their vessels. And that has been something unique to COVID. Um, The other thing is that now they're noticing that children, because they are not immune, they are getting really, really sick, and they are seeing a rise in, you know, in deaths of children in places like Florida, where COVID is on the rise. And so the thing is that it's very, very scary. Um, you know, I'm very excited that they're looking into the vaccines for the children because, you know, given that they have vaccines since they're newborns, you know, to make it vaccines for children makes only logical sense because they have an immune system to actually build the antibodies. And so they can start vaccinating the children. Hopefully we'll get that effect where children will like, you know, be more protected. You know, when when this disease first started, we heard that it had to get to a herd immunity, that people had to be exposed to one another. Then all of a sudden we heard, well, no, you've got to wear masks 24 hours a day. How can you get to a herd immunity if everybody is is wearing masks or is herd immunity even a possibility right hello sorry yeah um so the thing is that um you can um get to herd immunity um if you pretty much vaccinate greater than like let's say 80 percent of the population so if you have a huge volume of people vaccinated then you get that whole, you know, herd immunity advantage, which is something that we did see in um, smallpox because mm-hmm. smallpox was eradicated um, in the past, like decades ago, because of the fact that everyone pretty much was, was immunized. So smallpox is not something that you hear about or see any longer, um, at least not like I, I, I did hear um, and I've seen some articles that it might be something that may come back. But smallpox used to be a very deadly disease and extremely disfiguring condition. Um, So the thing is that um, with smallpox, when everyone was vaccinated throughout the whole world, they were able to eradicate the actual disease um, several decades ago. Mm -hmm. So likewise with COVID, um, you know, if everyone potentially gets vaccinated the goal is for it to eventually go away however covid is different than smallpox because covid is similar to kind of like influenza where it there's a lot of rapid mutations so when you have all those mutations you always have to stay on top of the um, vaccine the vaccine will keep changing so you have to see how the virus changes itself so that you can make the right antigen um, that you will fight 
in the body. And if the virus keeps changing itself, the antibodies that you make for COVID Delta variant may be different than the antibodies you make for COVID, let's say, gamma variant. Mm -hmm. And so the thing with COVID is that I have a feeling COVID might be one of those situations like influenza where we have to get a vaccine every year and the vaccine will be reflective of the information that the immunologists have discovered for COVID from the prior year so that the vaccine is always up to date. Dr. Patel, are you taking new patients? Yes. So, you know, as someone uh, who is looking for a new OBGYN, is there any recommendations or encouragements of, you know, how often they should come in or how to start that process of, of looking for a new physician such as yourself? Sure. So the thing is that um, our office um, is actually located in Woodridge, and it's you know, it's perfect location. It's right off the highway. So we have patients coming all the way from Indiana to see us. And um, so basically, um, they just call the office number. um, And the number um, is online. So when patients call my office, which is the 630-716-7510, that is the main number for the whole building that I'm at. I'm in the large Amida building that used to be a Dominic's. They redid the whole thing and made it into this big building with multi-disciplinary um, centers. So therefore, there's ear, nose, and throat in my building, general surgeons, GI doctors, um, cardiologists. We're all in the same building. So in my building is where um, patients can call to make appointments. Um, and because I am OB-GYN, um, I do see um, patients as young at 18. And, um, and it's because of the fact that we take care of any patient who is a female that has any problems, whether it's, you know, fibroids, pregnancy, of course, you know, um, I delivered four babies yesterday. Wow. Um, so, you know, pregnant, yeah, I've delivered over 3,500 babies and wow. I stopped counting to be honest. Wow. So, um, so yeah, so patients. Patients get whatever they want when they're in labor in my practice because um, I'm very comfortable um, with what to expect given my experience. Um, but anyway, so um, so yeah, so I love delivering babies. That's like one of my passions. But um, so so yeah, so whether it's delivering babies or um, you know anything. I mean, I'm also a robotic surgeon. So if somebody has um, symptomatic fibroids and they want, let's say, a robotic myomectomy, you know, remove the fibroid but save the uterus. I do that. So, I mean, you know, I pretty much, you know, try to keep on top of things with the literature as well as my um, experience um, because, like, robotic surgery takes training. And whenever there's anything new on the horizon, I'm always wanting to, like, learn it and go to the training places to get it done because I feel that medicine is a dynamic profession and you have to always be on top of the literature as well as the surgical skills because otherwise you're not giving your patients the best care that they deserve. Absolutely, and and staying on top of the newest technology and the newest research um, pr- just provides for a better um, service for your patients, right? Um, the, mo- the more knowledgeable you are, the more options you can give them on how to um, treat them or make them feel better or provide comfort or whatever it might be that correct. they need. Yeah, and just speaking right. for women, what correct. a great resource you are to this community, you know, to be able to provide these services to those in need. 
So thank you, Dr. Patel. Yeah, no, I mean, it's what we love to do. So, I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's the reason why, you know, I chose to go into medicine when I, you know, was taking my hip, you know, oath of Hippocrates um, in the law library at Northwestern where I went to medical school. So, you know, when you um, take that oath, it's because of the fact that, you know, this is what you want to do. This is what you love to do. You love to you know, take care of people. And obviously, ob I only take care of, you know, women. So that's my profession. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us. We will have all your information up on the com and on the Friends Over 50 Facebook page. Um, we won't keep you any longer. I'm sure you have more babies to deliver. Yeah. She sounds great. <laughs> She's very passionate. I love that about her. Absolutely. I think, I th- I think that's how you become... Um, a professional or a pro at um, what it is that you do because you have passion for it exactly, and learning more and more about it. I think um, you can't be stagnant and especially in fields like medicine, um, there's constant new changes every day, I'm sure. Well, I think that in any profession, there's always changes and I cannot think of any profession at all that doesn't have changes. I mean, to be honest, like everything. Ongoing ongoing um, education is important for every every profession. Oh, yeah, totally, 100%. Well, thank you so much for your time, and you have a wonderful weekend. Well, thank you for having me, and it's my pleasure, and um, have a great weekend as well. Thank you. Bye-bye, Dr. Patel. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. She was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, tons of energy, tons of passion. You can just tell when somebody's passionate about what.